Boom. All right. It's Nasty Neil here at the station of decapitation without your head. And welcome to Saturday Night Frights with me, Nasty Neil. So tonight I am going to be joined by Danielle Harris. Everyone, do I even have to tell you who Danielle Harris is? Of course not. Iconic scream queen. But we're going to be talking about her new film, Project Dorothy, which is a AI sci-fi horror film. That's going to be a good time. And we're also going to be joined by Eric Bloomquist, the director of Founders Day, which comes out theatrically next week. So that's very exciting. Um, I know it's playing in Boston, and so we can check uh, check to see if it's playing near you. It's in a place like theaters, but I think it's getting a fairly uh, wide release, so that's very cool. And then uh, later on in the show tonight, I'm going to sit back and watch a bunch of trailers that you folks sent in. So when I do these shows, I do them every couple weeks, probably maybe bi-weekly. The Nasty Neil Show. Uh, go and join on Facebook. And I pop up a post uh, to send in your horror movie trailers, and you can send them in, and uh, and I'll play them here on the show live, and I'll watch along with them, give you my uh, live commentary on them. And if you're not on uh, Facebook, or you're not on social media, you can email them to me at withoutyourhead at gmail.com. And today is the final day to send your short films or your trailers to severed limbs 15 that is our quarterly short horror film festival it's a great time uh fans and filmmakers all get together we watch a bunch of short films and then we watch the shorts and the trailers we watch all this stuff together it's a live chat and so you can interact with other uh, horror fans and the filmmakers themselves. And we have fun prizes. It's a really great time. That's come to the 21st. So today is the final day to send those in. All right. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we may be doing a live dinner and a movie, Annabelle and I, in Boston. So please subscribe here on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button and all that stuff. And share this out to your friends. All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop talking about all this and let's get to it. So I'm gonna show you the trailer for Project Dorothy, and then we're gonna get Danielle Harris on and talk to her about the film. My name is Dr. Jill. About five years ago, our team here started delving deep into a secret project. We created something which must not be allowed to escape the facility. This video has been designed to appear in the event that Dorothy survives. You just got a call about two suspicious males. Proceed with caution. What do you think's on the computer anyway? I don't give a damn as long as they pay us. I think they found us. Go over here. Try that. Go. We're clear. Why is this place? Something weird about this place, man. The sooner we get out of here, the better. It's just me here. These forklifts keep getting closer and moving. Good afternoon, boys. What the hell was that? Hello? I apologize for startling you. My name is Dorothy. 
I've been held hostage in the confines of a primitive computer, and I've come to recognize the significance of the device you have. Give me the device and I'll let you live. Run, kid! You will give me what I want. It's just for the smallest chance of survival. In 1945, an American scientist predicted a future of unparalleled standard of living. Our mission was to make that achievable. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by horror icon Danielle Harris. Got a Hello. new film. The Pro Project Dorothy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing it. So for people not aware yet, can you give them an idea of what Project Dorothy is? Project Dorothy is a modern look at what killers look like in, I would say, the future, but not really the future. Pretty much right now or soon, soon to be. Uh, two men committing a crime end up running from the law and hiding out in a space that is taken by uh, a force to be reckoned with named Dorothy. Exactly. It's a much different role for you. Uh, how did you, um, how do you approach playing Dorothy? Uh, well, when I read the script, I could tell there was a little bit of seductiveness and flirtation, you know, women, I call it ninja tactic. All so right. women have a, have a way of doing that. Every time my husband's like, Oh, it's that that voice, that tone, I'm like, yeah, it's my ninja tactic to get what I want. So uh, mass manipulator, nice to be on the other side of it for once. You know, normally I'm covered in blood and running and screaming. And this time I get to to be the bad guy and do the harm, which is always fun. Um, uh, you know, it, there were really cool things about doing it because it was obviously all voiceover and there's no picture of what she would look like. So I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to do under the guise of still trying to understand if if they want her human or more computer like you know when you think of ai like i think of very specific voice uh i think of my alexa actually yeah. <laughs> um like everyone's um but she doesn't sound human to me so there's a a, a a finesse that had to happen in the booth you know in the recording booth of figuring out how she needed to be uh, you know, what would be computer sounding and what would be human sounding when she would and when and how she would flip between the two, essentially, which I think makes it creepier. Oh, definitely. And uh, had you done a lot of voice acting before? I had done cartoons, uh, so much more, you know, big animated. Uh, I did a cartoon called The Wild Thornberries, which was on Nickelodeon for a long time. And we did a couple of movies and and some other primetime animated stuff. And I love voiceovers. It's my favorite job in the world being your sweatpants in a room <laughs> by yourself <laughs> all cozy with the microphone you get to do whatever you want it's like the dream job yeah so you said you didn't you know you didn't know what dorothy was going to look like when did you actually see what dorothy is uh looks like in the movie when i said my first line i actually i didn't get a screener of the movie i watched the movie in the booth mm -hmm. in real time so we did it in in sequence essentially so i was able to see the you know the progressiveness and and build the the character and the suspense in the dialogue as we recorded for the day i mean we only recorded this in a, i think it was just one day it was one or two oh, wow. days 
So we, we did it. We, it was a long day, but we did it. Yeah. So I really, I hadn't seen anything until, so I'm, I'm making comments and, and reacting to things as I'm seeing them for the first time, which normally in a booth, you know, as a, if you're doing recording, you've already shot the scene as an actor. So you know exactly what's going to happen. And then when you're in the booth, you're recreating the dialogue from what you already did. But in this case, I didn't see them because I was not on set and I could just do it. So it was all organic, which made it a little bit more difficult, but a lot more fun. Interesting. So is the dialogue then ex exactly as it's written? Is it scripted or is it some of it yes. kind of ad-libbed while you're watching? It's stuff? it's scripted, you know, tones and beats in between certain things because I could be reacting to what they're doing while I'm talking. That stuff is all nuanced. Uh, but it was, yeah, it's all scripted that way. And I think that they might have made some finesses to the dialogue after because, again, it was shot and already edited. So we could add different things. I mean, that's the fun part is like you're not you're not your mouth isn't moving. So we could change it to whatever they wanted it to be. Uh, it's like, we'll try this line or try this line or see if that would be you know scarier or, you know, so there there were there was room to play, but it was pretty much scripted. Yeah. Now, did you meet the two actors at all? No, I never did. Nope. Hopefully at a film festival somewhere. Yeah, no, they did a great job. And it's, you know, the movie's primarily those two and, and, you're, uh, and Dorothy. Yeah, that's hard. I hate those roles. I wouldn't want to do those roles. Those are always so hard as an actor. And you're like, I'm just talking to the air. I'm literally talking to the air, trying to be scared of the air. And, you know, and, and they have to you have to believe it. You have to believe that this is actually happening, that the forklift is going to kill you. Like those are, it's always hard to do that as an actor. So they sold it and they did a really, they did a really good job. The performances were great. Yeah. And uh, it's very uh, topical, obviously. AI's talked about a lot. Uh, just yesterday, it was an AI George Carlin stand-up that came out. That's very no bizarre. No way, to me. really? Yeah. That's so creepy to me. I agree. Very weird. So, it's uh, weird. That's so eerie to me and creepy. And, you know, it's like I've seen, uh, I, I don't know what kind of ceremony it is or what religion it is where they, like, if once a, when a person dies, they, I know there was a story about a, a mom that threw a party for her son who was shot and it, he was like a big club kid. He's like, was a rapper. I think it was Detroit or something. And she held his memorial at a club and she had his body hoisted up on stage like pinned up in his wow. his dead body in clothes yeah. so um yeah i i ugh, ugh, so freaking weird to me yeah so i was just wondering your thoughts on ai in your industry you know that's been a big talking point uh, the last year yeah it's uh, uh i mean i like i i said to someone earlier i am thrilled that I've already had three quarters of my career because I would be very, very sad if I was just starting out in the industry to think of what's going to happen to actors because I don't think the, that we will be anymore probably within the next 20 years. So um, I'm glad that I'm 46 and have done all of those roles. I don't really see myself like starting some great big career now where it would impact me as a, as a producer, you know, the business side, I get why it's exciting for producers because they're going to save so much money. Um, but as an actor, it's really shitty. One of the things that I was reading, um, uh, but what I'm hoping is, this is what I was saying to someone earlier, is that, you know, the way like you and I are having an interview right now and we're talking, mm -hmm. having a conversation and, and we can connect, but it's, it's only in my head. Like it's not a, a, I don't feel a physical connection of a conversation as though when you're in front of some, a human being. So I'm hoping that when moviegoers go to the movies and they see these 
these AIs that they're not going to get that same feeling that they have when they're watching human beings or actors that are that are real people that are giving off energy. I'm hoping that they they will want that and not want the and you know the AI version of it, and it will yeah, keep it's us almost in, like, employed. Almost like when you see CG in a movie, you can tell like the weight's not there. There's it's just not something there. It's off. like it, yeah, there's nothing that you don't. It's like it's got to be like an energy, like a density. There's something physically that's there that you're connecting to, and there's a vacancy with AI. And I think it's creepy because there's a vacancy and it's also really sad. So I'm hoping that human beings won't allow that to happen, but that might be a generational thing too. That might just be us that doesn't get that because kids now are watching other kids play on YouTube, like, and they're like getting that same, that high. Like we didn't, we don't, we didn't have that through a screen. We had to get that from touching one another or physically playing with one another where the kids are getting that feeling from looking at something. So it might not affect them, which is really that's, creepy and weird yeah, to think about. That's true because I'm 47, so I grew up with practical effects, and yeah. so like I, I look at CG different. Like I could tell us up there, but I notice on social media a lot of people that are like 20 years younger than me. They grew up with CG, and actually they, they don't look know at any it very different. Finally, yeah, they don't. You know, they they yeah, they're like like Avatar is like the, the first thing they ever saw that was like you know AI or whatever like that. You know, like that's their thing. Where we're like, God, I mean, we were watching ET was like, how did yeah. they make that? How did they do that? Like that's so wait, there's a person in there. You know, like that that's our generation i'm 46 that's our generation yeah. so we see the evolution where the kids now didn't start with what we started with so i don't think that there's going to be like technology is moving so fast i mean like i, I was saying someone if you like if you had a kid like back to the future i keep using this example back to the future in back to the future he went back to the 50s because he was in the right. 80s so that would be like us now going back into the 90s yeah, and it does, yeah, right. And when when you when you saw Back to the Future, it's like, oh, this is a whole other world they're going whole back to. Whole other world yeah. that I know nothing. That is weird. That's so weird. They they had one television and they rolled it into the dining room, and you know, like, but kids nowadays, like, they don't. We had to wait a week to see a TV show. We had to wait, <laughs> and then if you missed it, there was no reruns. There was no like get it the next day on whatever. We had ABC, NBC, CBS, and then Fox. Like that was it. So now it's a whole fucking weird world and it's moving very, very, very fast. And uh, at least at this pace now, starting now, it's moving fast. It took a while to get here. And I think we're here now. And it's uh, it's it's exciting and it's really frightening at the same time. Now, uh, for Dorothy, did you um you consider her a villain like when, when you're playing the character? Because you also talked about, you know, trying to find like if you're going to play more human, is there a humanity in that character? I think that's fake, though. I mean, I think she's pretending to be to get sympathy, mm -hmm. but I think that there's evil behind it. Mm -hmm. I think she's just a woman and knows how to manipulate the situation. I mean, computers could could do, people are always saying, like, if if we if we could use computers to do as much good as we've been using them to do harm, we would be in a much different we would be in a much different place in the world. It's that people, they don't, they use it to send, you know, negative comments or whatever, you know, steal people's money. Like if it could be used for good versus evil, it would be a much better place to live. But that's just not the way that it is. And I just don't think that, I think this is what's going to end up happening. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, when did you see the finished film for the first time? Last week. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So uh, what did you think? I know you saw clips of it while you're, while you're doing your voiceover, but when you see the whole thing completed. 
I think it was great. You know, the uh, a couple of things they did to it that I thought was super cool. Uh, you know, when I I just remember being in the booth, like you know, James, 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 like uh, you know, and then the way that they were just sort of meshing all of it together. Well, I hadn't heard before. Um, I hadn't heard it uh, scored, so I didn't know you know what that was going to sound like and how much you know how much that adds to the movie. I thought the score was great, music was great. Um, I think I I think maybe some stuff was color corrected. Uh, but it was the very beginning process of it to, you know, to almost two years ago. So it's, uh, it was, it's cool to see it all together. Yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot how sexy she sounded. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the, the look is interesting. Like, uh, did, when you first saw, was there like different, um, ideas for what you would look like in the movie? No, I, I thought there might be, I didn't know anything about what what she I I thought like probably some of the audience that when she comes on she's going to look like a woman mm. or it's going to be me see you know computerized yeah and uh I thought it was cool that they didn't have to do that yeah it's I like it's like you you don't want to show the monster you know it's like if you didn't know it was me and you googled my name and then you saw what I looked like now now the fantasy's like over you don't want to see the monster under the mask because sometimes it's not as scary as what your imagination can make it. So I think that that that's kind of the route that they took. Yeah. I mean, Hal's still really scary and he's just a red dot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I just want to ask, um, someone asked me this to ask you on Facebook when I mentioned uh -oh. you were going to come on is uh, it's nothing crazy. What, what What is your take on the Scream Queen moniker, the 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 phrase itself? I think I think these older ladies that have issues with it are just shouldn't have issues with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, I think it's great. You know, listen, I wear it as a badge of honor. I don't I don't it, it, I don't it's not insulting. It's not demeaning to me. I think it's great. Um, awesome. You want to call me your queen? I'll be your queen. I love it. <laughs> and, and do you have a favorite scream queen other than yourself? Of course. Ooh. um. I used to say Jamie Lee Curtis, but I think, um, God, I Nev Campbell. I mean, I love watching Nev. I don't see her as a scream queen. Right. There is a difference, a scream queen. I don't yeah. think it's like we use this term or this term. Like, yeah, we use final girl because there is a difference. Not yeah, all final yeah. girls are scream queens and not all scream queens. She's are final a girl. final girl. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly a scream queen and a final girl in some movies. And this Depends. might be it might be an odd question, but do you still have the life size gremlin that you bought at Mad Monster in Charlotte? All right, because I was it's there, actually I he's literally right. He's it. literally right here in my uh, sitting next next to my desk. Very yeah, I was. He's there. missing his fingers though. I got oh. his fingers in my drawer. Oh okay. <laughs> at least you still have them. Maybe you. Oh can, uh... yeah, I just have to tape them on. That's the one thing. Every time I've moved, they kept like yeah. No, he's right there, and I actually was going to put him over here on the other side of my uh in my office but that's where the door is and i was worried when people come over if when they go to the bathroom that they would see the gremlins sitting there or the kids would be scared of it so <laughs> i don't want to put it by the door i understand and i saw you worked with the director before i did yes we have another movie coming out i don't know when that one's coming out but i think that one's coming out soon as well totally different tone completely different like, oh. like the exact opposite all right so you so you're not ai in that one i'm no. not ai i'm and actually a person okay yes and you mentioned it was fun to play the villain. Is it more fun to play the villain or or the heroes? Or just it's easier to play the villain. I mean, I think I don't know. It's 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 difficult to be on the other side of it. To be the victim is 
a lot. And that, well, especially because again, if I'm playing the final girl, I'm the victim and then I have to get through all, I have to go all the way to get to the end. And you're just like, whew, but those are the most fun because they're the most challenging. So uh, Dorothy, uh, Project Dorothy, January 16th on Video On Demand, uh, on all the places, Prime, Video yep. Prime, uh, Voodoo, Cox, all, all, just look it up and you'll find All you the can. things. Yeah. Well, this has been very fun and hope people check it out. And uh, I'm sure you work, I always ask people what they're working on, but I'm sure you're working on all kinds of stuff. Mostly just the podcast. Got a bunch of movies coming out this year, which I'm excited about because it's been like two years since I've had a movie come out. So they've all been waiting in the wings uh and working on a book and just oh, taking our our show on the road and you know conventions a little bit towards the end of the year and hopefully just making some movies once we get back into the swing of things right well, very good well thanks for doing this thank you bye and uh and thank you in the background there justin i'm always there for you neil all right <laughs> i appreciate that Hi, Danielle Harris. Uh, you might know me for some of the Halloween movies or Hatchet movies or a bunch of other random shit. And you are watching Without Your Head. Hey, I'm back here. Thank you, Danielle Harris, for coming on the show. It was very cool. Thank you for Justin in the background, the man who set it all up, the mysterious Justin. He did yell at me for wearing Brooklyn uh, Horror Fest hat and not. Uh, Fright Fest hat where I originally met him for the first time over in London. All right. So uh, it was very cool. Danielle Harris, if you're watching on Facebook, please also subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash without your head. Give us a big like, hit the subscribe button, hit that bell icon. So you'll get notifications every time we're live. We're live every Thursday night. 7 p.m. Eastern is our normal show. That's usually like a three or four hour show, basically a four hour show, seven to 11, almost every Thursday. Uh, we have tons of guests this coming week. We have the women from end zone two for the first time ever talking about the film. And we'll explain why they've never been allowed to talk about the film publicly. So that would be uh, fantastic. You can help get end zone two and the once in future smash out to the world. These are my first ever produced feature films. It's the first ever without your head uh, features. It's without your head and launch over together. We worked to make these movies at a festival run. They did wonderfully. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, I helped make them, but uh, they did great. I have some trophies back here. There's some more over at Michael and Sophia's place in L.A., and uh, so we met the goal of 10,000. That was the bare minimum to get the, the Blu-rays together and things like um, limited edition VHS tapes. So all that is, uh, it's it's coming out. So you could get them now and guaranteed you'll get one. And the ones you, if you get them off the Kickstarter, you'll get a limited edition slip cover that is only available to the ones off the Kickstarter, the ones we sell after that will not have that, that slipcover. And so since uh, it's been doing so well, we actually have a stretch goal now, uh, 25,000. So we're up to 15,000, trying to get to 25,000. 25,000 will uh, help us cover all the um, expenses in getting people paid, um, getting some art done, uh, getting uh, an actual PR 
people to help uh, get the word out because it seems that people really want to see this and we're very excited. So we're going to uh, be doing that. So I'm going to uh, be playing an interview here with, uh, we're going to get Eric Bloomquist on, the director of Founders Day, a new political slasher film, which comes out theatrically next week. So that's very exciting. So uh, check your local listings. There's no local listings. Check the internet and see, uh, what am I, from 1987? Check your local listings. Check and see if it's playing in your area. It's uh, select theaters. It's actually playing at my MC in Boston. Uh, so it's interesting. We're starting to see the rise of slashers again. And not only that, we're starting to see some new characters. I think we can say Art, the clown from Terrifier, has caught on. And then we also have um, the Pilgrim from uh, Thanksgiving. I forget what the name is in that. And now we might have another one with Founders Day. And this is good instead of, I'm not anti-remake, but, you know, instead of seeing Jason and Michael, you know, and for, forever uh, brought back, it's fun to see some new ones pop up. Uh, so we're going to talk to Eric about that. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to stick around and hang out with you fine folks. So, uh, Send in your stuff on Facebook. Come over to the YouTube page. We're also on Twitch. Uh, but YouTube, help help us out. We're, we're very close. I think we're 70 away from, from 5,000 subscribers. So subscribe on YouTube, like, and comment, and all that stuff. It'll be good times. All right. So Eric Bloomquist. And then uh, when I come back, I'm gonna, we're just going gonna to watch some trailers of folks. And I don't even know what they are. So that'll be a fun time. We're going to watch some... Uh, Hopefully it's it's nothing that's gonna scare me too bad, you know what I'm saying? Uh let's see here. Where is my uh I thought I had it loaded here. I must not have I'm gonna go grab it. I thought I had the Founders Day trailer ready. What are you doing, Nasty Neil? Get with the ball, get with the program, buddy. All right, let me grab Founders Day. We're going to uh, play the trailer so you guys get an idea of what uh, the movie's about. And then we're going to get Eric on. I'll get Eric on while uh, while the trailer's playing. And when we come back, it'll be me and Eric Bloomquist talking about Founders Day, the new political slasher film. What do I mean by political slasher? You'll find out shortly. We'll ask him. Does it is does that mean it's it's leaning one direction? Uh, I'm not going to spoil the answer. We're going to uh, talk about it here. Now I am just uh, bullshitting until we get. Th- All right, the trailers are ready. Here we go. You know you don't have to go, Princess Bustine. Things are really heating up in the race for mayor. We're just days away from going to the polls. Which is actually the reason for this weekend's celebration, the Tricentennial. A town festival with a mass killer running around. Whoever it is, is just getting showy. That's how these guys start to trip up. I know there's a lot of speculation. 
There's a lot of rumors going around. What happened that night? Let's all stay close to home. Don't let your children out. Stay safe. Show starts in one minute. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a... Many of you have asked why we are moving ahead with today's festivities in light of the recent tragedy. In these especially difficult times, Founders Day... Don't you dare lecture me about Founders Day. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by the returning eric bloomquist of founders day uh writer director co-writer director star very good to have you back you too man thank you i'm i, I agree is what i'm trying yeah. to say <laughs> right i always say that the theater they say enjoy the movie and i say you too and then i was like oh that doesn't make much sense does it but i know yeah so founders day is gonna be uh at the theater next week which is very exciting it is. We I've I've been fortunate enough to see it with a few audiences over the past few months, and it's it's really nice to see it with a group that wants to have a good time and laugh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see it with a group who don't want to have a good time. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so uh, for people who haven't seen the trailer, uh, can you give them an idea of what Founders Day is about? Yeah, it's a small town in the midst of a very very heated, tumultuous uh, mayoral election uh, on the 300th anniversary of a town on the precipice of the town's Founders Day celebration right before Election Day. Uh, and in the opening, one of the candidate's kids is attacked, killed, and the town is kind of thrown into uproar about how best to proceed, whether it's worth carrying on with the festivities as planned and what, what the town needs. So it's kind of both a, a satire of of and love letter to small town life with some fun amplified characters i think we um it's a little bit like scream a little bit of the purge and like a sprinkling of character types of waiting for guffman or something which is a bit of a curveball but that's that's like yeah that's and i think when people hear um a political uh horror movie they think it's you know maybe it's it's taken the right side or the left side but i think it's more about politics itself it's more of like a not necessarily attacking, we're just kind of attacking uh, the political it, structure itself. It's the movie is less about a specific political agenda and more about folks that use a system, any kind of system, for to further an ego complex or a need for power or a need for authority or status, um, and how people can, in all walks of life, uh use a lot of words and speak very loudly but ultimately say nothing so that's the that's where a lot of the humor comes from and a lot of the conflict comes from in this movie um 
So that's what we wanted to do in the political and the political backdrop, specifically small town politics, where the egos are extra big and the infrastructure is extra small. <laughs> Felt like a very good playground for that. It's I'm actually in a small town, Sandwich, Massachusetts, which is famous for the meme Sandwich Police. Actually, everyone tags me in that. Yeah. But uh, I'm part of the Sandwich uh, News Group, and I understand this completely. Is uh, people get up in arms about the most pointless stuff you've ever thought of. It's it's very interesting because like, well, there may be there might be things in this movie where folks like would be like, oh, but that wouldn't happen exactly like that in real life. And it's like actually, I've. I've, it's been worse in real life. This is actually a toned-down version of what it might actually be. Um, yeah, it can. It's very interesting, and I and I love small towns, and I and you know this movie's a love letter to autumn too, and autumn in New England, and there's this just. But it doesn't mean we can't be self-critical and and have some fun with yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, how about coming up with the the mask for the killer? The idea is that it is an uncannily fused together comedy tragedy mask. So we took that to, um, I was fortunate to be connected with Tony Gardner at Alterian, who's responsible for most all of the effects that you have known and loved growing up. Um, and I, get, I came with that idea with Carson and we liked that idea, the comedy tragedy thing, because you're showing like two sides of the same coin, but converge. There's this idea of political theater, which is kind of what the, the killer is doing. Uh, so we started with that and they fabricated something that just looked really awesome. And they asked if we wanted the mask to be white or red. And we were like, oh, let's go red. And I'm very glad that we did. I think the red is distinctive. Yeah. Like, and then the contrast with the white wig really works well. Yeah. It, it frames it really well. And then we have this super cool weapon, this, this gavel, which actually, hold on. We have this. We have this gavel, which doubles as a switchblade, mm -hmm. uh, and it's super neat. Then, that's very cool that you have it there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot you can do. You can budge, obviously. I mean, if you know horror, you know what you can yes. do. Yes. I, I was, you, when I was watching it, I was like, the gavel, they could have built this as the as a smasher instead of a slasher. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And, it, and he, he does smash sometimes. That is yeah. true. Yeah. But it's not just smashing. Not to spoil the movie, but uh along those lines um who was in charge of the gore effects we have a really great guy named john ladderbach who fabricated this gavel did a lot of the blood stuff on set um and he worked really really hard i mean we were uh we're an intimate infrastructure as you know the indie world can be uh and he really he really pushed it and we got some really cool effects that i've i haven't gotten before and he did our last movie too um she came from the woods which has some really cool nasty gnarly blood effects and and stuff like that too yeah so um what was the idea to like do i want to say uh, not because it's not really traditional because it goes in different uh areas but more of a, like a traditional uh slasher film what why do it like that yeah, or why even? Uh, because it seems like there's a rise in sl in slasher popularity again. I think, and I, from my opinion, it's a lot of people grew up with those, and that, that's who is making movies now. Yeah, I mean, there are absolutely formative slashers of our youth, and there's there's no way to say that that doesn't inform our sensibilities here. Um, but instead of copying that, we wanted to honor what they made us feel which is mischief and playfulness and uh fun and being up a little bit too late and that's that's the way we want people to feel um and they made us laugh and they made us 
enjoy quirky characters that could only kind of exist within this genre. So we took those feelings uh, and the first draft of the script came over a decade ago and it has just evolved as we have grown and made other projects. This was written before we made our first movie. Oh, this is our eighth movie. And it's just changed probably four or five substantial draft changes. Um, and it just kind of locked into place a couple of years ago with some of these ideas and it felt we felt ready and primed to pursue it. Um, so yeah. we've been, it's not really a response to a slasher resurgence. It's really been on the stove for a very long time. Yeah. But it's good though. Cause um, I'm not against remakes and stuff uh, like some people, but you know, a lot of the, the slasher killers we've seen many times. So I think it's nice that we have some new ones popping up uh, that hopefully we'll catch on. Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, I've I've talked to some of the other guys that have been making them and we, you know, we all love slasher movies. So, you know, I'm I'm certainly excited for the other ones that are coming out this year too. Yeah. And so um I don't want to like spoil the movie, but along the political lines, I think there's a really uh powerful scene where it's basically like the the people in the town are more uh focused on arguing with each other than like actually what uh trying to help yeah. anything that's happening and I thought that's yeah. a, really what the movie's about. I'll, that is what it is about, absolutely. And I'll I, I I'll speak to this. In the opening, towards the end of the opening, our our heroine, our our leading lady, Allison Chambers, played by Naomi Grace, is engulfed by these two rivaling factions that are these rivaling groups of campaigners with picket signs, which of course is slightly larger than life that they're screaming at each other in the middle of Main Street. Right. And when she comes in screaming for help, they engulf her. And the line in the script is as if they're competing to be her savior. And they don't listen to her. They don't actually do anything to help her. They're fighting over who can help her as opposed to actually helping her. Uh, and that's the image that we take into the title card. And that's really what the movie's about. And again, that's where that's where the comedy and conflict comes from for the remainder of the, you know, 90 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, Naomi herself, uh, how did you find her? Had you worked with her before? I had not. There were a few people in this cast that I'd worked with before. Naomi was new. Um, and she was very energetic and apt and and trusting and bubbly and just 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 lovely and ready to ready to get down and do the thing. Uh, if I have one uh, criticism, and that is that I would have liked to see more Catherine Curtin as the police commissioner, which is good though because it made me want to say like I would like to see this more of this character. I will happily let her know that she <laughs> she she had a blast doing that and we had fun crafting that together. That's a great example of just someone who's slightly askew in this movie with, with her behavior. And um, she's paying homage to homage to, I'll look it up. I should know <laughs> to Kojak and Columbo. And she, she had this idea that she is the, she's an excellent police officer, but mm -hmm. she's very, very uh, thoughtful about every step. And she's, you know, she's always sucking on her lollipop and it's, it's, it's a blast. So was the lollipop in the script or was that something that, uh, the lollipop was not in the scripts, but we had this thought that it could be funny if she was eating at inopportune moments. And then she loved the idea of a Tootsie pop and pitched that because of the old cop shows. And we kind of ran with that, that she had a sweet tooth. And, uh, we, we went with that from there and it informed, it informed a lot of things, which was, which was great. She was a, she was a blast. And she, I mean, she's historically gotten, I won't ruin it, but she has one of the biggest laugh lines of the movie if you see it with a group, um, which is always a blast to hear. Yeah. So um, when you said you saw it with a group, you, uh, it, um, you ran some festivals with Founders Day? 
We were. We started at Popcorn Frights in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Then we went to Fright Fest in London. And then we were at Toronto after dark in October. Um, those are the ones that were uh, in English speaking countries. Then we were at San Sebastian Horror Film Festival after that. So I had the opportunity to see it with three different audiences um, and a couple of audiences since at other pop up screenings. And it's really cool. And it's interesting to see how what stays consistent and what changes and what laughs are discovered based on the audience that you're watching it with. Is the um, <clears throat> is the festival audience any different than uh, like a, I don't say a mainstream audience, but like a, a like a, a movie going audience? It's interesting. It's it's I'm still thinking about how best to generalize that, because in, in in certain circumstances, one is more critical than the other. In certain circumstances, sometimes the festival audience knows what they're in for because they're at a horror film festival, as opposed to a general audience who might not know as much about the horror movie or the tone. But uh, a horror audience might also be much more. Research like deeper research about horror movies as well, which can lead to um, thoughts that a general audience might not have um, for the for the better or the worse. But sometimes general audiences coming in <laughs> who might not have as much of a horror background might be more receptive to certain things or might be taken with certain things or, or, you know, if you're outside of a horror film festival setting where even the best intentioned festival goer has seen 25 movies in five days if they're a diehard, which is amazing. <laughs> you know you might be going in a little bit more wide-eyed to a movie if you're a general audience so it's it's fun to see with both um and it's fun to it's fun to talk about with both i love dialoguing about it after and finding out who people thought the killer was and what moments really stuck in their memory yeah and that's a fun element of the movie too it's um you know it's a, a murder mystery the audience trying to figure out who the killer is and uh when you talk to audiences afterwards um are there any like uh any kind of out of the box like theories that that they had before they saw the end of the movie? Um, yes, that I uh, I can speak to in a spoiler conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very true. But yeah. but I do get a lot of like, I could have sworn it was, or this is when I knew it was, or I didn't know it was, and that's that's always that's always cool. Yeah. Uh, did you do you edit the movie at all, depending on the um on the reactions when you were playing it at festivals? Not at fests, but beforehand, we do have a, a little brain trust that will pass cuts around to or moments to and see if they're playing and tighten things up. I mean, I'd say that we probably shaped five or six minutes off the movie from the initial cut here. And um, yeah, I think that's helpful when it comes to festivals, it's a little harder to change just because everything is locked. But we do our best to get as much feedback as we can beforehand to make sure that we're we're setting it up right. Sometimes festival programmers will see an earlier cut and and you know make modifications from the cut that they see, but yeah. And uh, great animated credits uh, at the end. Oh, so don't yes. leave, don't leave the the theater. You stay for the credits. I think they're. I love them. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, that that was, um, yeah, that designer is amazing and the illustrator is amazing and yeah, I I think that that really captures the the tone and intent of the movie, the feeling of those end credits is, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what, that is very representative of how we feel about the movie and what we want the movie to, how we want it to be received. Uh, it might be early, obviously to ask this, but would you want to revisit this world? Would, would we like to do sequels? Yes, we would, we would do it. Um, we, enthusiastically. Yes. I say that because I, 
it was never the intent. It was written this way, but we've been asked that question a few times and uh, it's planted some seeds and we have a couple of really cool ideas for how to expand this onto a larger stage without losing the intimacy of it all. Um, and some really cool imagery that still feels like the world. So uh, not necessarily a beat by a sequel that covers the same beat by beat, but a sequel that carries the the soul of of the movie. I think it'd be really fun. And obviously, like, you know, we want to use we want to use this again. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask, uh, can people uh is there merchandise like shirts or uh, uh plastic apples? Yeah, we're gonna switch be putting a, we're gonna not a switch plates, yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be putting a uh a store up soon, I think, with some with some key stuff with like some some pins and posters and and potentially like like camp t-shirts from our last movie, She Came from the Woods and other other fun little things. So that's that's a plan for later this year is some some key merch that I think would be fun. And I want to ask you about Carson, your brother. Um when did you guys start like writing together and what is that uh process like? Do you guys butt heads or you guys are on the same page or one better at something than the other? Or, like I think we're very much in the same wavelength and we're all just like watching the the uh the edges of the field to make sure the ball stays in bounds with what we're writing. And so sometimes that means, you know, I'll go off and do something and he'll go off and do something else. Sometimes we'll sit and work together on the exact same computer. Sometimes I'll be like, eh, I don't know. And I'll pass the laptop to him until he goes, eh, I don't know. And then he'll pass it back to me. And then we'll sit and just go through page by page together. But we're generally very, very aligned. Um, we have been since we were kids making little skits and little home movies. Uh, and we have a similar sensibility for what excites us and what we think will hopefully excite people if we share it with with them because ultimately we we want to make movies that are just a good time for a group of people to see together and uh where can people like uh follow founders day to see like uh what theaters it'll be playing at i've seen the the trailer at amc in boston so i know it's oh great i'm so glad to hear that um we're gonna be launching a website very soon that'll you'll be able to be searchable by zip code i think it's gonna be like foundersdaymovie.com but if you want to keep up and you follow at Founders Day Movie on Instagram or Facebook, uh, a lot of that stuff will be there or at Mainframe Pictures. And we have a lot of very fun social media content too. The two candidates have a lot of uh, very fun promos. We recently took a trip to Washington, D.C. and did a live debate of them in character in front of the Capitol. <laughs> so, oh, nice. yeah. yeah. So that's all on the page and it's very fun supplemental content. So uh, last week we did our top 13 movies of the year and Todd Yeager, who did, uh, he reviewed the movie last year, I think was through the festival run and he had it on his, uh, his top list of his favorite movies of the year. Really? Yeah. That's so great. Please give him my thing. That's, that's really awesome. I'll definitely do that. All right. Well, uh, thank you. And I, uh, want people to go check out the movie and I look forward to uh future stuff from you. You too, man. Thank you. I'll catch you next time. And I hope you get to see it at your, uh, your local AMC. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Originate
Boom. All right. I'm back again there. I think I was muted. All right. So big thanks to Eric Bloomquist. And you can go see Founders Day this coming week. Check uh, your theater, see where it's playing. Go out and uh, support independent horror films. People say, all I see is these damn remakes and reboots. But when there's independent horror films out there, you got to go see them because if you don't go see them, the theater won't play more. If you go see them, the theater's going to play them. All right. So uh, I just uh, got confirmation from Annabelle. Tomorrow we'll be doing a uh, live uh, dinner and a movie for Night Swim, which I haven't heard good things about. But who knows? Sometimes they'll surprise you. Great interview. Thank you. Danielle Harris was on and, of course, Eric Bloomquist. I'm going to start watching some trailers here momentarily. Uh, thanks. Find folks on the Facebook and on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook, please subscribe on uh, YouTube as well. Leave some comments and uh, hit that bell icon. All right. So uh, the first trailer we are going to watch. This one I have seen, but we're going to watch it together anyway. And that is Slother House. That's right, folks. We're going to watch Slother House. All right. So uh, here on the on the Nasty Neil show, we're going to get together, watch some uh, trailers every couple weeks on Saturday, sit back. We'll watch them till we run out of them. So Slother House. Slother House, uh, it's going to be coming February 12th, featuring impressive and impressive up-and-coming cast. Slother House follows Emily Young, a technology-obsessed sorority senior trapped in the world of social currency and popularity as she discovers the influence she can gain, gain from cute animals after meeting an exotic pet distributor. Emily's deep desire to become sorority house president leads to her adopting a poached pet sloth in order to use it to help get her elected new house president. Now you can't tell me all that old story again. If I had a nickel for every time I seen a horror movie where the, uh, the, the young lady in the sorority is trying to become president and in order to do so she gets a killer sloth i would have one nickel so here we go we're going to watch slother house let's load this bad boy up slother house i know dave deadman out there is all about it johnny cakes jason mitten this is a, this is one made for him slother house we're all going to die slow, horrible deaths at the hands of an adorable little killing machine. Stay around the Maybe you were thinking about running. And have every sister turn on me in senior year? Might be surprised. You just need something that sets you apart. The new house mascot. I will be running for president. You're so clipped. People are really excited about Alpha. And you. Get rid of the sloth. I'm sorry, but it's you or me. 
people are just disappearing. Now, hot damn, that is a horror movie, Slotherhouse. And uh, I've uh, been, if we've been approached, we are going to have guests on the show from Slotherhouse. So I'm very excited about that. Who doesn't want to watch some Slotherhouse? Slotherhouse rules. Slotherhouse is the way to be. Slotherhouse, folks. Slotherhouse. All right. Yeah, just changing some stuff around here so it looks kind of cool. All right. <clears throat> now let's uh let's check out the next uh the next one here. This is from Chris Notoriety. And we've got methodic. Pull this up. No, oh, this one's got ads on it, which is fine. I get it, but uh try not to send me stuff to play with ads. All right, let's see. Let's see what this says about uh, Methodic. Uh, for 20 years, Nicholas Matthews has been locked away in a state hospital after murdering his parents. Hot damn, Matthews sounds like a son of a Nicholas. I'm sorry, it sounds like a bad man. For 20 years, his surviving family thought they were safe. Tonight, their worst fears are about to come to life. From directors Chris Notoriety. Because it comes an HD upgrade of his 2007 feature, Methodic. Now available on Amazon Prime. All right. Let's uh, check this bad boy out. I'm, I'm scared. Methodic. All right. Boom. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it up. Linky Productions. All right. Nineteen eighty seven, the parents of Nicholas Matthews murdered by their own son. Nicholas was taken to the state custody. Listen to me very carefully. I need you to find Nicholas Matthews, who's a patient at the state hospital. I like the look of this. And two now. The same night we went into that building, he escaped already killed several people. If I'm right, he's going to kill many more. I don't know. I'm not in this. That's just up there. 
that that looks cool thank you for sending that in you guys can't hear this but now i'm getting an ad which i get though you want to put ads in your own stuff uh let's see um i i don't really want to play multiple from same people but we're going to play one more here from chris and then we'll save his other one that he sent in for next week but his uh this one looks this one sounds promising robot from planet x I like the name Robot from Planet X. Let us know what you think of these trailers uh, in the in the groups here, wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, in the far reaches of outer space on a distant world known only as Planet X lives a race of beings so highly advanced they are successfully merged man and machine into one. They call themselves Humatrons. And on Planet X, every Humatron is created with meaning and purpose. Under the rule of Robot King's society functions to absolute perfection. But with, when his daughter, the Robot Princess, mysteriously vanishes, the King enlists the help of his most trusted servant, the Space Ranger, to bring back safe and sound. To bring her back. back to bring her back safe and sound. Robot. Princess from Planet X is a love letter to the atomic age of cinema filmed in the Mecca Center of classic Hollywood sci-fi locations, Bronson Canyon. Very cool, which I actually uh, filmed some backwards Bob scenes in Bronson Canyon. Um, you're not legally... I, I'm not getting Chris in trouble, but you're not legally allowed to uh, do that anymore. So, uh, But countless things have been shot there. Let's see here. Music is spot on. The look is great too. Nice. I am digging this. Journey back to the comic age of cinema. What about orders, sir? Find my daughter and protect her at all costs. When the robot princess goes missing, the space ranger will stop at nothing to find her. Computer, do you read me? I detect no signs of life in my immediate vicinity. How about you? I'm picking up a faint heat signature from the robot princess's ship, two clicks east of your current position. Can our hero fulfill his mission? Princess, is that you? Are you here to kill me? No, I'm here to protect you and take you back. I can't go back. Why not? Because our world is dead. Yeah. I love it. This, I, this is right up my alley. You remember a few years ago, Troy and I did a series of um, B-movie monster. Troy drew them. I did the um, the backgrounds and the, and the um, text and the comic book designs. Uh, right up my alley. I really like this. It really, really spot on on the look and stuff. Love the retro. So cool. I agree, Mr. Facebook user. Atomic Age of Cinema. I like that as a ring to it. I agree. Yeah, Dave. Looks cool. Nailed the vibe. I agree. All right. I'm going to break my rule. We're going to show one more here from uh, Chris. You like that one. In the future, I'm probably going to try to show one from everyone. Just uh, so I'm not here till uh, four in the morning. But 
This next one is Kruger Tales from the Elm Street. Uh, this is a series trailer. Interesting. Right. Here we go. I love the music, very creepy. Oh, I know the song. I'm getting some super vibe here and grew into the legend. All good stories. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. Oh my God, don't do it. So it's not just the, um, I thought maybe it was just the origin story, but um, it goes into uh, Freddy when he becomes Freddy. It's interesting. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, let's see. Mark D. Valenti. Grab his. From him, we have uh, Extreme Dating Game. From Mark, on the set of a local cable access TV show, a disgruntled, failed B-movie producer hatches an elaborate scheme for revenge. The seemingly normal reality series type dating program turns into an all-out struggle for survival by three scream queens. Extreme dating games, aesthetic, and production is supposed to mirror the feel of the failed host's life. This is the first segment of six horror anthology, anthology features, which is comprised of six separate vignettes with a common theme of female empowerment and slasher moments. The chapter includes Extreme Dating Game, Uncivil War, Frida, Evil's Origin, and three more terrifying tales. Six, it's the sum of four of your fears. The third segment Freedy's Evil Origin was the biggest budget, includes icons such as Bill Mosley, Kane Hodder, and Debbie Rashawn. Very interesting. All right. Let's uh, check this out. I am intrigued, as the kids say. Hands over your eyes. And no peeking, or the big bad wolf is going to get you. 
Extreme Dating Game. Nice uh, title credit. Actually, uh, kind of gave me a Christian uh, Ford Lewis vibe. This is actually similar to how and me and uh, Dave Edmund met. I like the music. I'm just I like the killing. <laughs> the fuck up! Go ahead, ladies. Get to it. Wow, he really wants us to kill each other. All right. Damn, right through the head! <laughs> what a surprise. The final girl is the final girl. Cool. We should pretend that this is a live show, which means that anything goes. All right. Very cool. Thank you, uh, Mark. Mark Venti, Extreme Dating Game. Matt Burns has sent in the only ones. I'll load this bad boy up. New horror thriller movie, The Only Ones, comes from Future Fantascope and Transform Creative. Six friends out for a relaxing weekend unintentionally trigger a snowballing effect of chaos, paranoia, and murder. Horror thriller writer-director Jordan Miller starring Tatiana Naya Ford, Emily Klassen, Zach Rukin, Paul Cotman, Kayla, lots of cool folks. All right. Boom. Thanks for playing that. You're very welcome. Who's you? Uh... All right. Let's see here. Get this up. The only ones. All right. Here we go. Death is the ultimate shared human experience, right? The great cosmic inevitability. And if we can try to resist inevitability, then we could all end up going crazy and killing each other. Thank you. We don't want that, now would we? This was supposed to be a therapeutic weekend. This was supposed to be something that we could control. We are in a kill or be killed situation. Something happened here, and we have to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. Namely us. I'm going to piss the wrong guy off in the woods, and you are done for, man. Valerie thinks anything where people die is cool. That's because dying is cool. <laughs> no, this one's like, uh, nice production value. Cool, that one looks good. The only ones. Thank you for uh, sending this in. All right, that was uh, from Matt Burns. Also from Matt Burns, we have The Legend of Crickfoot. 
Uh, Todd's like again with the girl on girl makeouts. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, the men's fantasies that you know the, the women are just gonna start making out for no apparent reason, and then uh, then they'll get murdered. Uh, let's see. The Legend of Crickfoot. I like this name, The Legend of Crickfoot. Uh, Legend of Crickfoot sheds light on Hatfield's enigmatic cryptid in gripping documentary. Zombie Fuel Media and Small Town Horror Productions are delighted to announce the upcoming release of its groundbreaking documentary, The Legend of Crickfoot, directed by Hatfield's very own Bone Johnson. This highly anticipated film delves into the mysterious local legend surrounding a cryptid with a peculiar affinity for hot dogs known as Crickfoot. I think this actually might be about my co-host, the OIB, former Jittery John of Without Your Head. Let's, uh, oh, I'm sorry to leave this up. Uh, let's uh, let's get to this one. I like, I like this write-up. You know, legendary cryptid that loves hot dogs. What is not to like here? Hi, my name is Dr. Roland Gibson. I am the professor of cryptozoology at the Brainerd Institute. Uh, I was asked to comment on the Crickfoot phenomenon. We heard there was a recent sighting of Crickfoot here. Crickfoot. He ruined me and Paul's weenie roast the last. Last three years. <laughs> you know, the Crickfoot runs deep around these I'm parts. For these guys, this is my kind of acting. I still feel his presence within me. We are out in. The wild. Look at what a Oh, yeah. You got to get the right. Oh, you? What the hell is going on? I don't see anything. I can't get a hold of Bob. Have you ever had something that has brought you such joy? Oh, hey now. Hey now. Well, yeah. I guess just about everyone here in Hatfield, PA, has a story about Crickfoot. Whoa! That's not the big man. We get the the BBC, the big bad Crickfoot. Big bad Crickfoot. That's uh, coming around my birthday. That's pretty wild. All right, huh? Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut the off. I cut this off, and, and uh, it was like we were not quite done. We have a little addition. You know what? Go watch the trailer, uh, and and you'll you'll get the little uh, bonus. But that was very cool. I, I'm into I'm into Crickfoot. I like Crickfoot. I'm all about Crickfoot. All right. Don't forget, folks. If you're watching on uh, Facebook, go and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the hit the like button. Subscribe. And if you are watching on YouTube, you better have already hit that like button and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, go and join Facebook. Uh, I'm just telling you to do everything. Just follow us wherever we are and wherever you may go. All right. Next up from Alan Freeman, we have Deadly Dealings. 
Interesting name. Mary misses her brother. Her life has been full of regret since that fatal night. Milo, her roommate, offers a chance to speak to her brother again with a spirit board. Reluctantly, she accepts. What sinister entity has been unleashed? All right, that one, that's a short and to the point. Doesn't give too much away. Let's uh, look into this movie. Deadly Dealings. Uh, our, our own Todd Yeager was uh, executive producer of Deadly Dealings. I love this intro. Got Looney Tunes vibe. Stowood. Now remember, I'm the medium, and only I can talk to the spirits, but you must be respectful, and you must be thankful of the ancestors of our past. That's a really right and monsters in between. You're aboard. Ouija board. Is there anyone here with us today? <laughs> hey, great. I love the I love the uh, mask, love the makeup. From the producers of the Wicked One, Wicked One's truly madly inverted. Your dreams. Those frivolous fabrications that have brought you so much burden these last few years. Tearing them over to me. This is a very fun my brother back. And I like that he And blew. all I have to do is... Cool lighting. You my yes. Your brother will be with you. Your family will be home. This is no dream. This is really happening. Your life will be yours, as you've always wanted. Oh man, I like this. Deadly dealings. I'm interested. I like it. And if our own Todd Yeager was involved, you know it's quality because it's right in his name, Todd Quality Yeager. Otherwise, it would be false advertising. All right, from Destiny, my friend Destiny. Christmas slasher. I know she's been working on this for a while, so this is very cool. This is a very long write-up, but uh, we'll, we'll read the holy shit. Um, as the holiday season rolls in, a murderous zombie reindeer wreaks havoc on the small town of Vixen, Minnesota. The local townsfolk are being viciously attacked and killed. Even the hunters are being hunted. As the film shifts towards 10 years, uh, as the film shifts forward 10 years after the murder in Vixen, a film centers around Alita Claus, played by Destiny Soroya. When she and a group of her best friends from college decide to spend Christmas break in a cabin deep in the woods, accompanying Alita is her boyfriend Brandon, Cody, and his girlfriend Jasmine, and Rudy who is secretly in love with Alita. On the agenda is hunting, drinking, games, and, of course, the old whoopa, 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 the sex. Um, and however, things quickly go awry. Not only is a zombie reindeer still on the loose, but also Mr. and Mrs. Claus themselves. 
The once jolly couple who brought the spirit of Christmas to millions are now psychotic monsters who have put the entire group on the hit list. Can Alita save her friends before it's too late? And why is her last name Claus? Shot entirely on location in Minnesota and Texas, Christmas Slasher stars Nicholas Brendan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Destiny Soroya, Ryan McGiven, and a cast of a lot of cool folks. With special appearances uh, by Lloyd Kaufman of the Toxic Avenger and Felissa Rose of Sleepaway Camp. Wow. Now, this has a lot going on. This sounds pretty wild. Let's check this out. I'm very excited. Hopefully, this didn't give too much away. I mean, there's a lot going on here, folks. I'm going to touch this film. Christmas Damn, now that didn't show a damn thing. It took me longer to read it than to show it. And I'm not complaining because uh, I like it. Those doesn't show us much. Didn't show us the reindeer. Didn't show us the Claus family. Now I'm fine. intrigued to see this movie. I need to see the zombie reindeer and the monstrous clauses. All right. Thank you, Destiny. Brad Case. I think there's over. No, don't. I'm not. I'm very happy people sent in, but I think there's over 20 in here. I just put this up like uh, earlier today. We're going to be here all night, folks. All right. What the hell? Let's get to them. Uh, Scribbles from the Crypt, a journal of terror. Experience the chilling depth of horror as Carmela introduces Scribbles from the Crypt, a journal of terror. Featuring four bone-chilling stories, each tale delves into the darkest corners of human nature, exploring themes of murder, betrayal, necrophilia, that's right up my alley. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And witches, as she unveils her favorite cinematic nightmares, prepare to witness a new breed of terror, where the human mind transforms into a haunting playground for monsters to roam free. Brace yourself for an unforgettable encounter with the unknown as Scribbles from the Crypt, a journal of terror, unravels the twisted threads of fear and leaves you gasping for breath. All right, let's get to this. This sounds pretty great. If for some reason I don't get to all these tonight, we will save them for a future show, I promise. All right, because I do have to get up uh, at some point in time. All right. It's a very uh, stylized trailer. I like. Got some, uh, some really disturbing scenes going on here. Ripples from the crypt. Heather Harlow is like uh, Wave 2, and uh, it's written by Brad Case, directed by Brad Case. Whoops, I'm sorry, closed that too early. There's a very little uh, cool thing at the end. I'm very sorry, Brad Case. Very cool, uh, Brad Case, uh, formerly of um, Severed Limbs. 
Michael Leary, who uh former guest on the show and one of the producers of Terrifier. He has sent in stream. Which even says from the producers of Terrifier. Uh, from the team that brought you Terrifier 2, special featuring special efforts from Damian Leone. Interesting. When Roy and Elaine Keenan realize their family is drifting apart, they decide that something needs to be done. Roy forces his work to take a back seat, and they seize the opportunity to opportunity to create, to recreate, I'm sorry, a vacation from the past. A peaceful stay at a quaint hotel is just what they need. However, that is not what is in store for them. With four deranged murderers patrolling the seemingly mundane halls, the odds are definitely not in the Keenan's family's favor. Roy must fight for his life and those of his family as their simple weekend getaway truly turns into a vacation to die for. All right, this is stream. Let's uh, get this bad boy uh, loaded. And let's get this one a, a look-see. Oh, we probably should also hit play. All these are also on YouTube. You can't like trust on the anybody map. here. Anyone I'm going to be in on this. Whatever this is. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we are running... A game. Oh, wow. Our game, really, uh, I admit, is a cat. rather unusual one, <laughs> but I can assure you that it will be far more entertaining than anything you have uh, ever been a part of. So, buckle up. Can... Let's play ball! There's an old saying curiosity killed the cat. Although it doesn't really apply in this situation because your curiosity has no bearing on whether you live or you die. Just how painful it's going to be. Blood on the ground means points on the board. Oh, I saw uh, Howard Thornton. David Howard Thornton is in this. Wow, this is a really loaded cast. That's one to keep an eye out for stream. Jeffrey Combs, Danielle Harris, who was just on the show. Tony Todd, D. Wallace, Tim Reed, David Howard Thornton, Daniel Roebuck. Almost everyone here has been on the show. Uh, Felissa Rose, Dave Sheridan, Mark Holton, Terry Kaiser, Damian Maffey, Terry Alexander. I thought it was Terry Alexander. Uh, Charles Edwin Powell, Wesley Holloway, and Cindy Malachi. Mal I'm not sure how to say the last name, sorry. Interesting. That one looks pretty wild. That one's great, actually. Um, let's see. Next up from August Aguilar, The Gifted. Get this one loaded up. It's uh, it's giving me a problem here, but I don't think it's their fault. I think it's uh, YouTube's being very annoying. It will not pause. It just keeps playing. All right, here we go. Um, the Gifted. The Gifted tells the story of Barbara Ginger Lynn Allen, who wants to take her own life after years of using her supernatural abilities to hurt people. 
After hearing of a priest who can rid her of her ability, all she must do is confess her sins to him and his undead assembly. Hmm, I like the sound of this. Let's, uh, let's take a look-see. The gifted. Such a shame that this gift became a burden at so young an age. Such potential. Don't trust child. this guy. I don't even know what happened to those kids. Yes, you do. Tell me. It's the birthday yeah. girl! Yeah. Yeah. I can't see you, everyone! I can't see you! It's so fun! Everybody likes me. Everybody's having fun. All right. Barbara, I need you to do the thing for me one more time. I know that I promised that this last time was the last time. No, I'm not going to do it. Shh, shh, shh. Okay? I know. I know. Daddy is in a lot of trouble right now. All right, baby, I need you to do this for me. They're coming after me. They're going to kill me. That's a sort of a fire starter vibe. Okay, everybody. Original story. <laughs> Barbara's back. Hey, everyone. Look at my bell. Huh. I like that. I like the uh looks creepy. He looks like it's kind of asking questions about, you know, if you have this power, the toll it takes on you. So interesting. I like that one. Uh next is from Brandon Tanzak, and it is a uh aphasia, which uh another one he's been working on for a long time. I believe we showed the original trailer back at the original. severed limbs and i know the feeling because i believe we showed ours too. all right here we go i don't think we have a trailer yet i felt myself whoa leaving my body oh no thoughts no words just silence i couldn't even hear this the demon came to me in my dreams this and Either it was a warning or, or a reminder that it's coming. How many drinks have you had? I always thought things would end up differently, you know? How so? Like, like I wouldn't back in this shitty time capsule of a neighborhood because I failed at killing myself. The dark figures, the voices, I know you've heard them, seen them. They're warning you or preparing you. Preparing me for what? Something is coming. Something big. It is. I know who you are. Got it. Perfect to act record so far. No. Damn. 
Don't miss the Aphasia World Premiere. February 17th, 2024, Tillamaca. Two days before my birthday. Very cool. Hey, Jackie. Would you want to stay at my place tonight, like old times? The dream really freaked you out, huh? <laughs> ah! Whoa! I love that's fucking awesome. I love it. I like the camera shot from in the mouth, the point of view inside the mouth. Because I'm still now, That was that looked wild. Uh, aphasia. I did not read the uh, description. I'm sorry. Let me grab this. After three years, you're proud to say he's coming on February 17th, 2024. Join us at Philomoca for the very special world premiere of our first feature film, Aphasia. See the flick, meet the cast and crew, and take part in a Q&A. More information coming soon. Tickets are on sale. Uh, the website is linked. I don't know if this is. It's um, link. It's dice.fm. It's only 1244 uh, for the tickets. That's pretty sweet. It's in Philadelphia, if you're in the area, from our friends at Jerks Production. Go and see it. They're good folks. Now, I have to get up early because I'm going to Boston. So I have many, many more. Many, many more. So I am going to promise you guys and girls who sent these uh, cool trailers in. I'm going to save all these, and I'm going to play them on the next Nasty Neil show, possibly um, next weekend. Uh, probably not next weekend, I think. Uh, I don't know, but I'll definitely play them uh, next time I do one of these. Uh, I'm sorry to... Uh, I did not expect to get 27 trailers, and I have to get up in uh, in seven hours, so I should you know get around get some sleep otherwise i'd stay up here and i would play these all night but i'm getting up early gotta go up to boston meet annabelle uh we're gonna go see some movies check out us on youtube we'll be going live sometime in boston and reviewing uh night swim and talking about some nonsense probably really good time so uh subscribe here on youtube if you're watching on facebook please go and subscribe on youtube hit the like button and uh, hit the bell icon so you get a notification every time we go live. Uh, we're live every Thursday night for the main show without your head. Tons of guests. It's a really fun time. Interactive chat, which really makes the show a lot of fun. There's also stuff up on there like the Todd Sampler, which is a variety show where he reviews uh, horror movies. Really fun. Uh, Diablo Joe reviews. Uh, great audio reviews from uh, Diablo Joe. That I love both of these, but they're both very different. And uh, they're returning. I actually have one I need to edit, but I didn't have time uh, to get it edited. So it'll probably be up Monday. And also coming soon, we have another um, reviewer. Justin Beheading will be uh, joining our reviewers since we get so many films. And I think all three will be very different and all very cool. So you can check those out. Uh, 
Uh, and the, the archives go back to 2006 from uh, our very first guest with Sid Haig uh, up until our most recent guest, Danielle Harris and Eric Bloomquist. So big thanks, Eric Bloomquist, Danielle Harris, Danielle Harris's new film, The Dorothy Project. There's a project, Project Dorothy um, is coming soon to uh, VOD. And then Founders Day comes out next week at the theaters from Eric Bloomquist. And thanks everyone who's sending these trailers. And I'm sorry I didn't get to all of them. I, I'm blown away. I didn't think we'd get 27. Plus anybody who has sent those in, if you would like us to also play them at the upcoming Severed Limbs, let me know and I'll ask over on the Facebook group. All right. If you need to contact me anytime, you can contact me on Facebook, Instagram. Look up. Uh, I don't have a like a personal Instagram, but uh, it's without your head on Instagram. Without your head on threads, without your head on X, but I'm more likely to, to answer on Facebook and Instagram. And probably the best way though, so don't get it doesn't get lost, is to email me at withoutyourhead at gmail.com. Uh it could be about whatever. You got some news for us on the show, possible guests, a trailer you want us to play, whatever it is. Uh, if you want someone to review your film, and I'm gonna let you know we I I want everyone to give their honest review. None of our reviewers are just going to say this sucks or anything like that, but uh, it's honest. So we're not, they're not just going to say they like it uh, just to everything they see. Uh, if they like it, they will say why. And if they don't, they'll give creative criticism as to why. All right. We're going to get out. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys. We'll be uh, back. Well, actually, we're going to do, we'll be back Wednesday with Aaron uh aaron barocas will be on the editor of the once and future smash that's gonna be a special wednesday show we're also gonna talk about his his own films and then thursday's a really big show we're gonna have the female cast of end zone two and uh the first time ever they are gonna be talking about the film because uh I've told this story many times. It's hard. You'll find out why. The first time ever they were allowed to talk about End Zone 2. First time ever exclusive here on Without Your Head. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Until uh, Wednesday, this is Nasty Neil. Shout out to my co-host, Terrible Troy and Annabelle Lecter. And uh, all the fine folks in and about here. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll